Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. Thank you, Mama. Let's give it up for Pastor Colleen. What an amazing Mama of the house. And I, is it okay if I'm down here today or tonight with you guys? I like to be up close and personal. And uh, Pastor Josh sends his love. Thank you for all those who've been praying for him. He had a big mouth surgery and it was whole face was swollen, but he's doing better. He's doing better. So thank you so much for your prayers and interceding for him. And tonight I'm actually ending our series, the Through It All series. How many of you have enjoyed the Psalms 23 series? Now, I don't know about you, but you know, normally when I read that chapter, I just read it all the way through, but we've been taking it verse by verse and revelation upon revelation. And you know, Pastor Josh told me a couple weeks ago, oh, you're going to be doing the last one. And I was like, oh, shucks, I wanted to do like the one where it was like, you sit me in the presence of my enemies. You know, I thought that one was really good, right? Last week's one, right? But oh my gosh, verse six, I, God has spoken so much to me from this this verse. I was like, what am I going to get out of this one? Well, get ready because I'm excited. I feel like God's got a word, but I want you to turn with me to Psalms 23. And can you guys stand to your feet? Let's read the whole chapter. So we get the whole thing, but I'm going to be highlighting verse six. And I'm, I'm reading it from the NIV. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley, uh, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Here we go. Verse six. This is where we're landing tonight. Surely, say it with me. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, let's just pray. Let's pray for a mighty anointing. Lord, we just come before you, God, expecting you to move in this house. Lord, open our ears and open our hearts. We pray, Lord, God, that you would speak through me tonight. I empty myself out as as an empty vessel. And Lord, just come and move God on the hearts of your people. Encourage them. Set them free. Lord, begin to just anoint them in a fresh way for this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can all be seated tonight. You know, uh, if you read it in the King James Version, verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, we're talking about God's goodness here, right? And I, I, you know, how many of you know this saying, if you've been in church long enough, God is good all the time? Okay, right? We know that and we say it all the time, but do we know God's goodness? Do we really understand what that means? And so tonight we're going to dive into it and I'm going to break it up into three points. His person, his pursuit, and his presence. Are you guys ready? So number one, his person. And we're going to talk about goodness and mercy. Now goodness comes from God. And it can't exist outside of God. Goodness is not something that he does. It's who he is. He is good. It's his character. It's every aspect of who God is. 
In the Hebrew, that word good means pleasant, excellent, valuable, rich. I mean, not just rich in money. I'm talking rich in blessings, prosperity, benefits. And when I heard that word benefits, I thought of Psalms 103 verse 2. If you want to turn there with me, listen to this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget. Say never forget. The good benefits or the good things he has done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. This is who God is. He forgives you. Come on, how many of you have been forgiven? He heals you. He anoints you. He overshadows you. This is the good things of God. But you know what? I started thinking about What is this goodness? And you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He goes, go back all the way to the beginning. Go to Genesis. So go to Genesis, everybody. Genesis 1, go all the way back. And let me ask you a question. What did God say after every day of creation? It is good. It's It's like he stood back and was like, that's good. That looks great. I mean, come on, when you look at the stars and the sky and the oceans and the animals, but then on the sixth day when he created man and woman, what did he say? It's very good. All right. So there's, a, there's just one extra word in there. He said everything was good, but when it came to us, he said it was very good. And then mom, th- this is what God showed me. He goes, go to Genesis 1:27. And let me read it to you. God created man in, man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Man and female created him. Now, let, I want you to get this revelation. If God looks at his creation, man and woman, and says, it is very good. But then in a few verses before he says that, it says we are created in his image. Really what God is saying is God is very good. Think about that, that we are a reflection of his goodness. It is who he is that he's put inside of you and me. Isn't that amazing that we are part of who he is? We're a reflection. We're in the image of who God is, which he is good, and it never changes. But this is what the Lord showed me. He goes, but then go over to Genesis 3. And what happens here? This crafty serpent comes on in. And guess what happens? Guess what he does? The enemy questions the goodness of God. So here's Eve in the garden. And guess what? They had the knowledge of good. The the garden was a perfect place. They walked and talked with God. It was, they, they had a communion with the Lord. There was no death. There was all connection. And yet one day she's walking and the serpent said, did God really say that you couldn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He always wants to plant doubt in your mind that God is good or God's holding out on you or God doesn't have a good plan for your life. Come on, am I, am I talking to anybody here? Anybody ever feel that? You're like, yeah, maybe, I, I don't know why that's happened in my life or that disappointment or whatever it may be. And then Eve says, oh, Eve says, she goes, yeah, you know, God says I couldn't and if we touch it, we'll die. Oh, you'll not die. So it goes from doubt to a lie. 
And what happens? She begins to eat of the fruit and her eyes are opened. And guess what? She does get the knowledge of good and evil, but it's of her sin and it's of shame. And it's not to be like God, but it's to be separated from God. And so we have to be careful that the enemy doesn't come in in our lives and try to make us question God's goodness. See, sin entered through entertaining and believing a lie that God was, wasn't purely good. And go to James 1.17. It's amazing how God began to just show me all these different scriptures and how it got brought together. In James 1.16, it says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Now here it's not talking to the unchurched and the unsaved because they are already deceived. They're already blinded to the knowledge of God. Right here, they're talking to the believers. They're talking to you and I. And it says this, do not be deceived. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What is going on here? That we can be deceived of God's goodness, but we've got to remember that through the highs and the lows, through the valleys, though we go through the darkest valleys, that God is still good, that he's still faithful, that he never changes. Don't let the enemy lie to you and get you to doubt who God is. You know what really happened? Is evil entered the world. There is good and there is evil, men and women of God, and we cannot begin to switch him back and forth. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah 20, and I like the amplified version here, Isaiah 520, it says, whoa, okay, it says, whoa, judgment is coming to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isn't that the world we're living in right now? They're calling evil good. They're calling murder good or choice. There's there's a gray area in so many things, but believers, we've got to stand on the word of God and know that God is good and yes, there is evil and that we have to walk in the way of God and not get mixed with those things. As a matter of fact, in Psalms 37, 27, it says, turn away from evil and do Good, so you shall dwell forever. Or 1 Thessalonians 5.15, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another. So his person, not only is he good and we need to have the revelation of his goodness, but we must be aware not to allow the enemy to bring in doubt of God's goodness. But secondly, we see his mercy. It says, surely goodness and mercy. Now this word mercy here is not the mercy that we think, which is, you know, you deserve punishment and then someone gives you mercy. As a matter of fact, the word here in Hebrew actually means goodness, kindness, faithfulness. It's his unfailing love. And I was starting to think about David. You know, David wrote this song. And I loved, anybody love David? I love that he's real. I love that he's raw. I love that he has moments where he's like, woe is me and I'm in the depths of despair. And then he's like, but I praise the Lord and he's amazing and wonderful. You know, he's a little emotional. Any emotional people in here? Some days are high and some days are really low. and We have everything in between. This is David, but he, he loved God. He said he was a man after God's heart. 
But you know what's beautiful about verse 6 is I believe that it's almost like a prophetic foreshadowing. Because what does it say that the Messiah comes out of the line of David? And when he says, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. There's a foreshadowing of the Messiah. See, all the way back in Genesis, when they chose to eat of the fruit and evil entered the world, sin entered the world. Already God had a plan all the way back then of the Messiah to come and bridge that relationship between us to heal, to bring salvation. So when he talks about your mercy, see, we all deserve death. None of us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I love that scripture in, in, in Romans 5, 8, that, that even though we're sinners, why we were yet sinners, while we were yet evil, away from God, doing our own thing, rebellious, Christ died for us. Come on, can we just give God some glory tonight that he saved us, that he changed us, that he had a plan from the very beginning to come back and rescue us. But number two, not only his person, we see his goodness and his mercy. That's who God is. But number two is his pursuit. And this is the part where it says, goodness and mercy will follow me. Follow. Everyone say follow. Now, in one version, it says follow. But in the New Living Translation, it says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. That word radoff, which means follow, means to chase after with great zeal. I like that word seal. I like it because there's passion there. There's love there. There's intentionality there. It even means to go behind and follow after and pursue. Do you know that God is chasing after you? Do you know that you have a God that loves you passionately, intently, so much so that he would leave heaven to come down, to be here on earth with you, to lay his life down? See, we sing this song in Oahu. When Pastor D was there, he, he sang, I don't know if you sing it here, Pastor Gray, Chasing Me Down. Have you guys sang that song here? Oh, okay. So if you've heard this song, I'm not going to sing it, I promise. I'm not even going to rap it. I'm just going to kind of talk it because I'm, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm a preacher, not a singer, okay? But I'm going to read you the lyrics because I, I just sing, you know how you sing the songs? But you like don't understand what it's talking about. You know, you're just like singing it and it sounds good. Guess what that song is from? It's from this scripture. Let me read it. Can't outrun it. Your grace is chasing me down. Chasing me down. Goodness and mercy following me. Oh, oh, there's no more condemnation. There's no more separation from you. Your love, your love for me is running wild and free. Your goodness and mercy is taking over me. Your love, your love won't change. Your promises remain, can't run, can't hide from your hand on my life. Your love, your grace will never, ever stop chasing me. Can't run, can't hide from your hand on my life. So next time you sing that song, Minister Grace, I think you got to sing it this Sunday, okay? You're going you're gonna to listen to it and realize your goodness and mercy, they're chasing, you're chasing after me. You know, there's a lot of religions out there that make you climb the highest mountain, cut yourself, give everything to get to the gods. You have a God that came from earth to chase and follow after you. Come on. Oh my goodness, I just get excited. 
This is the God that put the stars in place, that created every cell and every atom down to the littlest molecule, loves you and is chasing after you because he loves you. You know, growing up in this church, <laughs> you know, ladies, I don't know, have you guys had, had your guy chasing after you? You know, I don't know if I should talk about this, Pastor Colleen, but you know, we've been married 18 years, but you know, it was not easy dating Josh Morocco. You know, let's just be real. I'm just going to lay it out right now, okay? So I grew up in this church, you know, but you know, I'm sitting usually in the youth section. The youth section used to be right there. I used to sit like right here. <sighs> You know, it wasn't easy sitting there when, when the guy you like is sitting right here. And you're trying to focus on God and he's right there. And then it does, what makes it even worse is when he would lead worship. Oh, I was undone. I was, it was over for me. I'm like, oh, that heavenly voice. Oh, wait, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be worshiping you. Okay, I was a teenager. I love Jesus, but you know, I was having my, my moments of crushing. But you know, you know those guys that they're falling. You know, this church is pretty big. But, you know, I would be over there talking to maybe Eli and Amele. I grew up with these guys over here. And then, right, Mel, you were a part of all of it. And then, and then all of a sudden, oh, Josh, Josh was way over there. But then all of a sudden, he's right here. Oh, oh, hi, you know. Or I'm all the way back there. And then all of a sudden, Josh is there again. He just keeps showing up wherever I'm at. Come on. He was chasing me down. Why? Because he wanted... He wanted relationship with me. He wanted connection. God is chasing you down because he wants relationship with you. Hey, Pastor Josh wanted a wife. He got one, okay? But ladies, let me just say this. Make sure you're not chasing after the guy. You let the guy chase after you. And he better be a godly guy, all right? He better be serving Jesus. See, what attracted me to Josh the most was his love for Jesus. His love for God. But you know, there's so many times in our lives where everything and anything tries to separate you from God. He's chasing after you. He loves you. But it's every distraction, every sin, every little thing wants to pull you away. But I love it when it says in Romans 8, who can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity? or are persecuted or hungry, destitute or in danger or threatened in death? Man, anybody threatened in death, danger, destitute? It says, can any of that, even if you're going through hell, is that gonna separate you from the love of God? It says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced, say convinced, that neither height, nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor fears, nor nothing will separate you from the love of God. Let that just, just put your hand on your heart right now and just let that soak in. Because a lot of us have been raised with a lot of rejection, feeling like God has abandoned us or left us. And it's not true. He loves you. He's pursuing you. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There is a connection there. Take hold of it. But let me just say this. We've got to be in his fold. When we're talking about the good shepherd, when we're talking about this scripture is a picture of Christ in us. And, and, and let's be real. You know, the, and this is a disclaimer. I'm not calling you stupid. But you know, in the Bible, they call the sheep stupid. And then Pastor Colleen, then they relate us to sheep. So what is it saying? I mean, you know what I'm saying? They kind of do their own thing. They can kind of be stubborn. 
But we have got to choose to stay within the protection of God. So you want God pursuing you. You want the favor of God to follow after. You want him to go before you, behind you, and all around you. Kind of like that song, The Blessing. He is all around. There's favor. When you walk with God, when you stay within the fold of God, the covering of God, it is around you. That favor will follow you, pursue you wherever you go. Some of you get upset because you step outside. It's like that, you know, the 99 and the one. It's like the one sheep that likes to go out and have a party over here and then gets in trouble. And still God, still God goes and pursues the one and leaves the 99. But stay connected. Stay in the fold of God. But lastly, number three, not only his person we see his goodness and mercy. Number two is pursuit. That he's following, chasing after you. And even when you try to run away, he's right there. And he's there for you. Just like the prodigal son, that father was waiting, was waiting, was waiting, was waiting for his son to return. And when he saw him, he ran. He ran. He lifted up his skirt. He didn't care what people thought. He ran because he loved his son so much. That is how much God loves and is pursuing you. But number three is his presence. It says, I choose, I will live, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everyone say I. See, this is where David had to make a personal choice. This is where when we have to say, I will choose to dwell. I will stay in the house of God. I will not let any person, anything, any situation, nothing get me out of the house of God. And that word dwell is beautiful. It says this, yeshab, it means to sit, remain, abide, stay beyond distractions and inconveniences. Let me just say this, the fact that you're here on a Wednesday night shows that church is a priority for you. But there's many people that look as church as an inconvenience. You know, they, 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 they put it on the side burner. But can I tell you, I look at Sunday as my first day of the week. I look at it as my tithing my time that I will dwell, I will sit, I will remain in God's presence. It's a passion for his presence. Let me ask you tonight, do you have a passion for God's presence? See, it's not about checking off your church attendance card. It's not just coming and sitting in service. It's about, do you have a passion for the presence of God? Do you want more of him? Are you seeking after him? Because when David says, I will dwell, I will sit, I will stay, I will remain, I will abide in God's presence forever. You know, I love our pastor. Dr. Morocco, you know, one of my favorite stories that he says when, and many of you have heard it, but I, I just want to share it is when he was, I think, 17 years old, he was leaving the Philippines, wanting to go to California for college. The only way that he could go was jumping on a military freighter in the middle of a war. Young boy who, who probably didn't know what he was doing, and I'm sure he was so afraid, and I think he had to jump on it like right away. I mean, it was like, it was leaving, he had to go. Couldn't even say goodbye. And, and that freighter had to stop, make some unexpected stops in different countries. So there was one stop that he had to stop. And all the sailors and all the men that were on there, of course, wanted to go drink, party, and find prostitutes. Now, as a young 17-year-old man, he could have done anything he wanted, and no one would have ever known to this day. But do you know that it was a Sunday? 
And he says, I gotta find a church. I gotta dwell, I gotta be, I gotta abide in the house of God. And so what did he do? As a young man with barely any money, he waves down a taxi, he gets in a taxi, he tries to communicate and say, church, cross, whatever he can to tell him I need to get to church. Finally, the guy takes him somewhere. He goes to a little church and he walks in. He can't understand one word, but he feels God's presence. God's presence goes beyond any language, goes beyond any culture. When you step in and you feel God's power and when you have a passion for his presence, God will show up. God will meet him. And God met him that day. I remember him saying he just wept and he just felt God's presence. Well, the service went so long that he went out to try to get a taxi and the taxi guys had all got home. So we found a bench, found some newspapers and had to sleep. He even told me the other day, I think it was like in the middle of a war zone, he heard things going on, young boy, but church was so important. Parents, get your kids in church. Get them here every Sunday. When they start saying, I don't feel like it, say it's okay because I didn't feel like always doing things for you either. But I'm still your parent and I still got to do it. Get them to church. And when they start saying, I don't feel good, make sure it's not COVID. But get them here. Most of the time, they're, they're like my son sometimes. He'll like, I don't feel good. Okay, well, let's go to church and we'll pray. We'll pray that sickness right off of you, right? Come on, we got to put a value on being in the house of God. And in Psalms 27, 4, it says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. This shouldn't just be a religious obligation. It is about encountering Jesus. And it will transform you. As a teenager, I can point out, now it's new carpet, but I used to have my snot marks here, there, and everywhere, right, guys? I mean, we were, I was, there was moments where I would be hours on this floor weeping under the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you can never forget those moments. I was telling the people in Discover Track tonight, I said, I, as, as the greatest preacher in the world, which is Dr. Morocco, I, I don't remember all of his sermons. If you ask me what he preached 20 years ago or when I was 15, Minister Darren, I couldn't tell you. But what I can tell you is I never forgot the moment God spoke to me and called me into the ministry. When I got prophesied over right here that I wasn't just going to be a pastor's wife, but I was going to be a pastor. This is when I was 15 years old. When God showed me a vision of me preaching to hundreds of young people and then many years later standing in that gym when that gym was filled to over 350 young people and standing on that, on that wooden platform going, oh my gosh, this is a fulfillment of what you showed me in your presence. His presence. Let's dwell in the house. And I'm telling you, it's not just for this life. It's not just for this moment, but it's for all eternity. It's a promise that when you serve God one day, you will be with him in eternity. In John 14, 1, Minister Grace, you can come on up, or Pastor Alex, whoever's leading worship. It says, let your heart not be, let your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, this is Jesus talking, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go 
and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself. Come on, that is a promise that Jesus one day will return for you and me, that he will come for the pure and spotless lamb, that let's be like the virgins, that we are prepared, that we have the oil in our lamps, that as we are worshiping in God's presence now, that we can have the hope of glory, that one day we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in closing, what is God speaking to us? Well, I believe, number one, we need to be convinced, say convinced, of God's goodness and his unfailing love. And if the enemy has tried to rob you, lie to you, and put doubts that God is not good, may tonight be the night where that you break that off and know Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But number two, I believe that favor follows those who trust in God. See, when you are a sheep in his pasture and you trust, you put your trust in Jesus, his favor will follow you. Expect that every step you take, that God's gonna open doors, that God's anointing is gonna be upon you, that God will be with you no matter what season you go through, whether it's mountain highs or valley lows. But number three, when we talk about dwelling and abiding in John 15, it says, abide in me and I in you. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. And he says, you, I know you're my disciples when you bear much fruit. So you can only bear fruit when you remain, when you dwell, when you stay, when you get connected to him. So number three, I believe that true disciples abide in his presence and they'll bear much fruit that if you can abide in him, if you can dwell, if you can seek after his presence, I believe this year you'll see more fruitfulness than ever before. You'll see more increase than you have ever seen before because if you stay connected, if you know that he is your strength, that he is your source, God will make a way where there is no way. God will open doors for business. I want actually right now every business owner or if you wanna own a business, just stand on your feet right now quickly. I just feel a need to pray for you right now. Just lift your hands up high. God wants to put a greater increase and prosperity upon you. And some of you have almost given up, the Lord says. Some of you, even tonight, even this week, you're about ready to say, I don't even know if I should continue with this anymore. The Lord says that I bless you, that I put my hand upon you, that I want you to bear much fruit, but you have to remain in me. You have to stay connected. You have to know that I am good. So Lord, I pray right now for blessings upon every business owner, every person that desires to start a business, that has an idea, that has a dream. Give them strategy, give them faithfulness to pursue it and give them faith to activate it, Lord, and breathe upon it tonight in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody else, can you just stand your feet tonight as I close? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.